Chiefs bye week is in full effect, and there's no bigger surprise than what's leading this team right now, and that is the defense. How did it happen? Who's the MVP, and what happens next today? Unlocked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. There you go. Welcome you hit the back. wrong buttons. Sorry. Yeah, it happens. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. Nice to see you. We're brought to you today by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use our code. It's all lowercase locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to 100 bucks. 100 bucks is something I would not have bet on the way that this season has gone, but we're going to go through it. The big thing is, where is this defense and where can it go? It's significantly more of a conversation than it has been in the years past, and we're going to take you all the way through it. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen today as we are live streaming today on Locked on Chiefs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform everywhere, starting on YouTube where you can like and sub to the channel as well as hit that bell so you get all the notifications. You can get onto Spotify and Apple and anywhere you get a podcast, and you can get us for free five days a week, if not more. You everydayers know that because you everydayers are with us all the time as we put out episode after episode after episode, approaching our uh, 2,000th coming up here. You can put that up against any podcast out there in my book. And if you want just a little bit more information, you can get instant notices from us. Uh, takeaways, thoughts, game notes at the text line at 816-357-8781. We have a ton to cover today with my partner, Chris Clark of Chiefs Corner, where you can get all the uh, breakdown on the cap, all the stats that you need to follow for third down in particular on this offensive side. And me, I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com and RGR Football. Lot to cover here, and we need to know who the defensive MVP is going to be, or at least who we would nominate right now. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Where can they still improve? But to this point, what's the biggest trigger that has led to this revival on the defensive side of the ball? And to me, it's necessity. They have had to stiffen up because they haven't had the offensive production. They have a very young crew, but that put more pressure on them, especially with the absences of Charles Amenehu, the injury to Nick Bolton, a lot there. And it all kind of pushed everybody to come together and really grow. And that's what I think has been really unique about this season to this point. Well, and I'll take it a step further than even that. Uh, what led to where we are right now is trading Tyree Kill two years ago or a year and a half ago. Tyree Kill's trade gave them so many more draft picks, and they've rebuilt the defense. Uh, that is the reality of where we are right now. They have, you know, George Karloftis, uh, you know, uh, Trent McDuffie, all the different corners that they've drafted that have been playing phenomenal. And we don't even have a guy like Nazi Johnson who got hurt early in the season who is playing better than two of the other corners that have been playing a lot right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad that you brought up George Karloftis. When you take a look at where he is and what he's been contributing, it becomes very, very apparent just how much this defensive side of the ball has, has become the core. He is number five in the league in pressures produced to this point of all edge defenders. He's got 44 on the season, tied with the likes of Nick Bosa, of all things. Uh, only Aiden Hutchinson from his class is ahead of him. Uh, Josh Sweat, Michael Parsons, uh, Max Crosby, some very familiar names in the pass rush department that have put up a few more pressures than him, but he's within the realm of possibility and he's certainly pushing this team. Now that, that isn't much of a surprise given that Chris Jones did not start, uh, and play in the first week, 
Chris Jones is getting a lot of double team action and he's going to come on, but it is up to George Karloftis, I think, to keep that hammer down and keep pressuring the quarterback in order to keep this thing rolling. Well, it's up to Karloftis. It's up to Aminahieu. I think he's going to continue to get more and more involved in the pass rush. Uh, and, you know, you and I, I talked about it. I think FAU eventually is going to get more involved in the pass rush as the season wears on into December and January. But Mike Dana's having a phenomenal season as well. You can't take anything away, away from him. Wharton showed up against the Dolphins. They have a lot of pass rush that's going around. And like I said earlier, it all started a couple of years ago when they were able to trade when they traded away Tyree Kill, and that's how they rebuilt this defense. And that is why they are sitting where they are right now. One of the things that I think really stands out is you talk about the youth. Their defense is the youngest in the NFL. The team is the fifth youngest in the NFL. <laughs> and that's with a guy like Travis Kelsey, who's 34 years old, and a guy like Joe Tooney, who's in his 30s as well. You have a couple of older guys on this team, but this is still one of the youngest rosters in the NFL, and it's because they're able to rebuild it over the last three seasons. Yeah. I mean, it, it all goes into that, and it's it's the front, it's the back. Nick Bolton's been been gone a couple of weeks. Uh, that injury's been pretty significant, but you had a veteran to back him up. So that actually upped the the average age that was on the field, I think. But the other guy that we have to shout out, uh, started out very, very hot and is still number 12, according to PFF in their grading system. Uh, the number 12 corner in this league is Trent McDuffie, ahead of LeJerry Sneed, ahead of everyone else on the Chiefs roster, and putting up great work there in order to give yourself a counterpoint to the pressure. And I think that's the other thing here is you have the unit up front that's getting all the pressure. You have the unit in the back that is now a year seasoned, a lot of youth there with Brian Cook, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, all those guys contributing that really have to. And now that seasoning is starting to show that you have two ends of the defense that can push in on the middle and try to control things. That's what's been going on to this point. The question is, can they sustain it? I'm sure they can, can sustain. They can sustain it. The thing that's interesting to me is you're saying they're pushing on the middle. I don't know if they have to push on the middle. The linebackers have been playing fantastic as well. You look at what Nick Bolton was doing when he was playing. He was playing very well. Uh, Tranquil has played very well. Getting Tranquil and Bolton and Gay on the field at the same time uh, it has happened a couple of times. It hasn't happened as much as I think Kansas City has wanted it to. But then you add in a guy like Leo Chanel, who's been phenomenal in his small role with the Chiefs, he is continuing to grow as a player and somebody we're going to need to continue to talk about. I completely agree with you. What will his role be going forward? He's one of the places that this team can grow. We're going to talk about that coming up next, as well as the defensive MVP later in the show. But right now, i got to get after a couple of things here to give you guys the information that you need. And that said, the story of the day right now is if you're in the middle of the, the bye week and you're looking to get in, in the action, Prize Picks is the place to go. It makes your life completely easy. You just have to pick the more or less of two players. Very simple. Two to six entries gets you 25 times your money if you win. In this particular season, uh, you can get McCaffrey going over 75 yards. You go Justin Jefferson if he comes back this week, what he could produce. There's always the resurgence of Joe Burrow and then how that ties into Jamar Chase. These are just a, a few of the players that you can choose. You get in there, make an entry, pick higher or lower on each of those, and that all rolls together for your entry. You can win up to 25 
times your entry fee. And it's super, super easy. It's fast paths via even Apple Pay these days. Uh, as far as uh, everything that you want to know, it's going to be about the players that you want to pick. Obviously, this week, it's not the Kansas City Chiefs, but there's plenty of other options. And all you have to do to get in the action is go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKEDONNFL. That will unlock a first deposit match. So whatever you put in the first time, they will match up to $100. And that's only at prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNFL. I think you're going to dig it. Make sure you get into it because it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And once you have that peace of mind, I think you can battle back and find another peace of mind because we spend a lot of time talking about wins, losses, and things to get fired up for. And, I, and I'm thankful that we're able to do that. But it's also that I'm thankful to have a connection that we can be secure. And I think whether you're trying to go on an extended vacation or there's a major weather event coming, whatever, there's all kinds of things that you could get in a position where maybe there's a shortage. And we want to make sure that you're covered. Thanks to our partners at Jason's Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be pre-ordered in a one-year supply. It comes in a, in a nice put-together case, keeps you on track so that you can have all the medications that you need in one handful. Everybody's screaming about this service, and they're very thankful for it because as you order an antibiotic kick, it's secure and it's priced Along with your lower uh, lower prices at your pharmacies, you can you can recommend it to anyone. If you or someone that you love wants to get that peace of mind and you want to have that year supply of, of any medication, you can check it out at jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. You can go there. You can customize your Jace case and get in on the action right here. It's over at jacemedical.com, and you got to use that promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. Now, after I'm feeling secure, I want to know, how can I just take this defense up a notch? Uh, how can I make it grow and perform better than it did maybe in previous games in the first half of the season? There's always kind of that tale of two halves based around the bye week. And so that brings us to what are the areas of growth? And like you mentioned in the, in the last segment, Charles Menehue's return. Uh, obviously, Carl Laft is playing well. So on the front... There are a couple of places that can come up, and Leo Chanel's one of them. And I think that's really like the unlocked potential. We've seen him make a few plays. We've seen him play off ball very well. He's got a, a great overhang kind of pass rush, but I think he can be used in a couple more ways. One, in attacking on loops where he actually lines up as a DN and can run some of the stunts that we see uh, being more prevalent these days, especially when you're, you're playing deep zones. I think that's something that he's very capable of because his change of direction is so acute that I think he can really stress the interior gaps when he comes looping around. That's what I'd like to see them start with him right now. That'd be intriguing. And I'm curious to see if they, you know, go that direction and try that. The thing that I will say where they can get better, and this is going to be a little bit different than I think what most would be thinking. Uh, I think they miss Nick Bolton when it comes to the running game. You watch what the Dolphins were able to do. They ran the ball up the middle of the field, and I'm not trying to blame Tranquil. Tranquil played out of his mind, especially in the passing game, uh, and he's one of the biggest reasons that they won that game. But they need Nick Bolton in the middle for run defense, and I do think that what you saw early in the season was Derek Nani playing out of his mind as well against the run, and I think he was doing phenomenal as a defensive tackle, and that's something that they could continue to build on. He's not one of the younger guys but he is somebody that can give them that run-stopping power that they're going to need as, as the weather gets colder and teams are going to start running the ball more. But when you look at the back end, 
I'd really like to see them settle on a guy between Jason, between Williams and between Watson. And I understand why they're kind of doing what they're doing right now, but I don't think it gives either of them enough snaps to really get comfortable and really get to where they would be if they were consistently the third corner off the bench. I think that's fair. And they're using them in ways that I think um, plays into some of their strengths, maybe not all of them. I think they're both um, pretty good in, in man coverage, particularly impressed when they can be physical. I think they're both decent blitzers. I think the other X factor that, that I'm looking for to really grow this defense is just to allow Steve Spagnuolo to continue to be as open and experimental as he has been. And that comes back to one kid. And I, I will not forget the smile on Steve Spagnuolo's face uh, on draft weekend when he got him on the phone. And we've seen just a glimpse of it. I've been very, very happy with Shamari Connor's performance to this point in very limited snaps and very limited responsibilities. But I think he's a guy that's going to unlock the next level of the defense because Spags loves his capabilities. He understands his capabilities and therefore can use him in a constructive way to add that much more of the aggression factor, of the disguise factor. And I think that's really where I want to see them take it to the next step. It may not be in the next couple of weeks, but certainly come December and then on to the playoff run, I think that's going to be key. Well, it's kind of funny you mentioned him because the other guy that got drafted that we thought we'd see a lot more of in Nick Jones hasn't really played on defense. He's been in very sparingly, but he has not been getting much run. And I wonder if that's going to change as the season goes on, if they're going to start using him in certain packages and trying to get him on the field. But part of the problem he's going to have getting on the field is a guy like you talked about, Jamari Connor. Connor is one of the reasons Nick Jones probably isn't going to be on the field that much. But then you also have another guy, Mike Edwards, who's keeping Connor off the field at times. Uh, I mean, they're both going against each other, and they both do things that very well. Uh, you've got a young guy that's going to learn and going to be a part of this defense for the next couple of years. And Mike Edwards, who's playing great when he's in the game, uh, helping on the back end of the defense. So they have mix-and-match guys that can do different things that really help this defense go, and I think it's going to be something fun to watch the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm completely with you. A couple of other notes. Uh, Willie Gay certainly has been playing very, very well. He may have peaked in Germany. I, I don't know. But you mentioned it before. <laughs> um, can he get to the point where you have all three of, of both the middle linebackers, Nick Bolton, Andrew Tranquil on there? And I think Tranks played – I mean, he might be the most economical offseason acquisition the Chiefs have had in three or four seasons. That's how well he's played. If you can get those three guys on the field in the base together, which there are teams that are going to try to run on them, and that is a concept that they're going to have to get to, I think you're that much better off for it. But it also gets to the point where if Willie can settle down and can continue to just keep an even keel on what he's been doing, he could be the guy that then eventually takes over and becomes the lone linebacker on the field. And I think that makes them more dangerous in terms of the ability to cover and the ability to change how they cover based on his athleticism. Man, that would be quite the step for him. Uh, you think about where he was when he came into Kansas City, you know, right out of the draft. And then even a year later, uh, he was still playing well, but he wasn't playing anywhere near where he is right now. And for him to take the steps forward he has, it's, it's been impressive to watch. And it's something that I think that he could continue to grow. It's going to be something to watch and see how they use all of the linebackers when Bolton is able to come back. And the other side of it, and I know we don't plan on him getting very many snaps, but Cochran hasn't looked lost when he's been on the field. I'm not saying I want him to get snaps. 
but he mm-hmm. hasn't looked lost. He hasn't been somebody that def- that offenses have taken advantage of. And again, I'm not trying to say they need to get him on the field, but having that depth is extremely important when you get to the playoffs. No doubt. And they're going to see a numerous variety of teams and and maybe some of the stalwarts. I, the Buffalo Bills aren't exactly running down everybody's throats this year, but you see Joe Mixon coming from Cincinnati who seemed to be back on their general trend. This is not only going to be two games that the Chiefs need to win in the regular season against those particular teams for the AFC run, but for the playoff run as well. And so I think there's a lot coming for that. But despite a lot of great performances, who's the MVP to this point? And can they double down on that? And will that extend through the regular season and into the postseason? That's what we have to get to next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a place that I have used to help me look at different areas of my life that I have needed to discuss with people over the years. Uh, this, t- this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about the holidays. Uh, that is definitely an issue that a lot of people can be dealing with. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your broad spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. I think BetterHelp is, uh, and thank you for for them for sponsoring the show. I think BetterHelp is a very good way to talk about how this team has been playing swarm defense. Be there for your teammates. Don't just do your job. We heard them talk about this, uh, C. Spagnuolo and Trent McDuffie, a couple weeks ago. Do your job plus. And I, I think that in helping everybody out so that you're aware of your responsibilities, not, not getting distracted away from them, but doing your job and helping everybody else, as the team defense has gone, that's really been a key. And I think that cannot go away or you're going to see some trouble with this defense. We talk about players that know the, you know, the entire defense and what they're doing. Uh, one of the best players that you talked about earlier and saying he's the most economical, Tranquil knows the defense inside and out. He is one of the smartest football players that I've seen. He just, he seems to know the defense. He is watching a ton of film obviously because he knows what's coming usually before it ends up happening but where that becomes a bigger issue and where I it's such a big deal for this defense and any defense really is you could do your job and if you do your job generally speaking the defense should be pretty good but if you can do your job and you know what your the guys next to you and maybe right behind you are doing that can help you do your job and it can help you or it can help the defense help each other and that becomes such a bigger thing that they can build on. And, you know, is it Chris Jones knowing what Carl Loftus is going to do or what he's supposed to do on something? Or is it, you know, Chris Jones knowing what Nick Bolton or Drew Tranquil is going, or going to do behind him? That type of thing helps the entire defense play off each other, and it makes it easier for the entire unit to work together. Yeah, and it's going to have to because that's how you win playoff games is playing as a unit. So they need leadership. And they need to continue to push that envelope a little bit. So 
I, I think this is going to be an interesting part of the show here, folks. And if you're watching this on replay, please put your MVP in the comments. But I'm guessing we might come away with a couple of different ones here. Who should be in the running so far for the defensive MVP for this Kansas City Chiefs defense? I mean, you'd be remiss if you didn't mention Trent McDuffie. Uh, he's played out of his mind at corner. Uh, I don't think he could go. Uh, I don't think he could name three guys on the on the defense to play better than Trent McDuffie. Agreed. I, to me, that there's guys at every level. Um, I could make an argument that Justin Reed's been probably the best version of himself here. Is it MVP quality? Eh, maybe not quite well, there. He's been great. Um. Bolton's absence, I think the only thing that, that overshadows the fact that he's played very well and he could be is the fact that when he's not, Drew Tranquil is so good that you have the relative drop that you normally would that would accentuate him being that level of player. And quite frankly, George Karloftis would not get here if it wasn't for Tris, Chris Jones drawing double team after double team after double team. Uh, and that goes for everybody in the, in the front, to tell you the truth. It's who makes the most of it, but it all it all starts with Chris Jones. No, it absolutely does start with Chris Jones. And Karloftis has been playing great. Obviously, we talked about his pressures earlier. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, what can you say? He's been fantastic the entire season, being able to get after the quarterback and, be, and being able to do uh, whatever the team needed him to do and, and help get pressure. Uh, what I was actually trying to look at really quick, because you said something that made me curious. Let's see, pass rush. So if I go back and look at week one, Carl Loftus had three pressures in week one. Mm -hmm. And I think he's, what, 50-something now? 44, I believe. Okay, so 41 in eight weeks. So basically mm -hmm. five a game with Chris Jones, three when Chris Jones wasn't playing. That's why I wanted to check that because I wasn't, I didn't want to say something that was wrong. Uh, but that's interesting. I mean, he obviously got pressure without Chris Jones, but obviously with Chris Jones here, he's not going to, they can't double team George as often as they probably would if Chris Jones wasn't here. Uh, yeah. His defense is playing soundly together, and that's what, exactly what you need. In fact, since Chris Jones' return, there's only been one ball game where George Karloftis fell back down to only three pressures in a game. He's been at four or higher in every contest but the Minnesota Vikings. So th that right there just screams just like what does having uh, an all-pro elite player in the middle do? It helps everybody along that front. But I think we both would give credit to one other person that we haven't named yet. Well, and, and you're maybe it's because of the gray hair. <laughs> you're going to say credit. I actually think I would probably give him my MVP. The mm, players okay. have been playing great, but Spagnuolo has been doing a master class on how to play defense in the NFL. And uh, it's been phenomenal to watch. Like every single year that he's been in Kansas City, their defense has struggled out of the gate. Like I, I, I watched the, a lot of the games with my family, and one of the things that I always remember doing early last season and even going into this season, I was like, okay, just remember probably the first two drives, they may score a touchdown and they may score a lot of points. Uh, but Kansas City's defense usually figures it out and gets things going, going into, you know, the second quarter and, and throughout the rest of the game. That hasn't been the case this year. I'm not going to say that they've stopped them every single time that they've been on the field to, to begin with, but he's really known from the get go, what he has with his team and how to press the buttons and who to put where and what to call when 
and it's been a masterclass on on being a defensive coordinator. Yeah, it really has. And you know, um, I'm glad you brought that up. I'll I'll just take your money and run and expand it a little bit. It takes a staff to take this many young players and train them up so they can be part of a team that plays this well. And then you have to manage them all. And so, like, it, it can't be all one man. It certainly has unlocked Steve Spagnuolo's, like, top-end, uh, you know, uh, quirky chemistry teacher type stuff. But it takes that whole staff to get there. And so I, I would say that. I would widen it out, and it, it would be the guys that are off the field that are training second-year players and rookies up to participate with – all pro veterans like Chris Jones and with stalwart guys like Tranquil and Bolton and Menahue. Uh, it takes that that kind of like meshing of all those age groups and all those draft classes to make it really work. So uh, maybe the, the MVP should go to the whole staff. And that's fair. But I want to give it a outside the box, outside the box thought. Mm. Two other guys, and I'm not going to call them defensive, but it kind of in in a way it works to that. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and I know they both play offense, but it's the leadership that they have. It's the tone they set at the top, and it is getting your entire team to buy into, we are a championship organization. This is how we do things. This is how we win, and bringing young guys into that environment and teaching them the right way. Not trying to take anything away from Spagnuolo, but Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes have really set up this team in in entirety to be able to be winners from the get-go yeah the leadership from the top down definitely flows i just won't include them in a defensive mvp discussion just because i have principles well, my 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 biggest point was bringing in all the young guys if that tone at the top wasn't set by andy reed and patrick mahomes it's not going to work near as well i think that's one of the reasons they've been able to be so successful is because they've seen the success that the organization has had i'm not saying they need defensive mvp talk but they are a part of why this team is able to bring in the young guys and be so successful. Great. Well, we'd like to know who your MVP is on the defensive side. Heck, for the whole team, put it in the comments below, especially if you're watching this on replay. If not, uh, thank you for being here live. It's always a great discussion. Uh, we'll get back to taking some questions maybe next week as we start to prepare for the Eagles. Make sure that that's on your radar. A lot of good games this weekend. We appreciate you spending some time with us before you get into them. We hope that you enjoy yourselves. Really quick, uh, we will be doing a second half of the season scenario where we think this team is going to be. I think we're going to probably do that for Monday, uh, where we think they're going to be winning uh, in their record at the end of the season. So be looking forward to that on Monday. Rock and roll. I think we're in pretty good shape. We hope that you enjoy your weekend. Thank you for being with us on a Red Friday-ish. Uh, where we hope there was a game, but we'll be back with you Sunday night for the Monday show. Have a great e evening and weekend. We thank you for your time and we'll talk to you then.